What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-hosts Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. We're here, folks. It's the NFL playoffs. Six games on Super Wild Card Weekend. Two games on Saturday. Three games on Sunday. One game on Monday. A whole weekend of football. We have off on Monday, too. It's, it's, it's perfect. Thank you, Martin Luther King, for everything you did uh, for this country. Uh, football's here. I, I mean, it's been here, but this is, this is it. This is the, this is the granddaddy of them all. I hope, I hope that these games are nothing like that stupid putrid national championship game. We were, uh, we were held against our will to see it, That was the worst game I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, well, that was that was awful. I have no words, no other words to describe that that game. Did Did you watch the whole thing? Uh, I turned it off, off in the fourth quarter. Like did was, you? Were you watching the McAfee broadcast? Watched no. a little bit of it. You should have, Mitchell, because that like well, I had yeah, it on and like it was actually like I enjoyed watching it because they were just really funny the whole time. Yeah, I should. Like, whenever I, they would. Um, <laughs> like when Georgia would like r- not gain, like they would like rush for no gain. McAfee would be like, "Does Georgia stink?" <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Um, yeah. Did you see Kirby Smart after the game? It was like he gave a big shout out to the scout team for like uh, learning TCU's defense and being able to like you know like imp- like uh, implement it into their practices. Georgia's scout team was is a hundred percent better than TCU's defense, right? So like. Georgia, Georgia pretty much played the national championship like all week. And then like, it was like, it was like swinging like, like, you know, baseball players when you get like the donut on the bat, you swing that in the on deck circle. And then you feel like light when you're like, I, I think that's what happened. Guy, like, I think their scout team gave them probably a very hard week of practice. And then they went out there and they were like, wait, <laughs> this, is, this is pretty easy. That was legitimately the worst championship game I've ever seen in my entire life. That's not an exaggeration. Hey, the, this was a, if this was a 12-team playoff, uh, that game probably would have happened in the first or second round instead of in the championship. So there you go. There's your, there's your perfect argument for the 12-team playoff right there. Yeah, it, it just really doesn't make any sense if you think about it that Michigan beat Ohio State, TCU beat Michigan, and then Georgia 
beat TCU by that much, but barely beat Ohio State. So it just yeah, well, it, it all comes like if you like if there's anyone to be mad at, you can be bad at Michigan. Michigan, like clearly, I mean, looking at this now, like Michigan should have probably taken care of them pretty pretty handily. They did not. Mm. So yeah, it'll be interesting with twelve teams in this uh, going forward. So excited. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about the NFL. Uh, before we do that, I guess we can have our... Well, we're not... It's on our final equals rant of the week. It's uh, the first... Last one of the regular season. So... Hopefully... Well, I mean, this one's going to have a little bit of negative undertone to it. So hopefully this is the last time that there has to be negative undertone to it. Okay. Well, go ahead. What were your thoughts? Before I was invited to this game... I declined because I wanted to see the end of the Steelers game because I would have had to miss that if I did go. Uh, and I'm kind of I'm kind of glad I did decline. We, me, and a few of my friends were discussing it, and the final decision we came to was: while there's a chance that we could have a great time and it would be like awesome, there's a also a good chance that uh, we could leave being very very disappointed. And while while I wasn't disappointed, I think that it. I wouldn't have been happy that I went to the game, is what I'll, is, is what I'll say. Um, so yeah, let's hop into it. Uh, 22-16, final score. Uh, word of the day, uh, survived. Survived. And, that, and that's not just uh, this game, but more survived the, like, somehow, somehow chance that Dallas had to win that division still after all this. Um, they survived it. They got through it. One seed. We'll start with that. Never going to complain with that. Um, safe to say that the Eagles are not playing their best football heading into the playoffs. Not great. Not ideal. Um, they, this was, it was very clear. I feel like I've said this once or twice already with this team. Um, game plan and the scheme from the get-go showed that the whole thought behind this game was, let's get Jalen out there. Let's let him throw the ball. Let's get up by 28 points in the first quarter, let's get him out and let's like just forget about this game and let's move on. That did not happen. <laughs> that did not happen. Eagles had uh, a bajillion chances, if I had to estimate, I think, a bajillion chances um, to put this game away in the first half. Um, the The biggest part of the day was they, ju- they just stalled out. Pretty much every single drive outside of the first one, I believe, uh, just completely stalled out. Um, they would make their way down the field, uh, pretty much only passing. We'll, we'll get to that as well here. Um, pretty much exclusively passing the way down the field, and then they'd get to like that like 30, 25-yard line mark, just couldn't put any plays together to, to get to the goal line. Um, so a bunch of field goals. Shout out Jake Elliott for making all your kicks. I appreciate you for that. Um, Jalen Hurts, first game back, 20 of 35. Not great. 229 yards, bad interception. Um not really a bad throw, just a bad decision that is pretty uncharacteristic of him uh, overall this season. I feel like I, I've I've praised his decision making most of this year. Ideal. Um, not going to look into it all that much. I'm more going to look into the um, you know first game back. Clearly, Sirianni said after the game that he's still not like 100, percent which doesn't make me feel great about the whole situation. Um, but so you know, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harp on his performance too much. A couple bad decisions, a couple bad throws. Uh, first game back, it happens. I am going to talk about the the whole game plan around this whole thing here. I get that they wanted to go up early and hopefully put this game out of reach, but like 
sprained shoulder, like throwing shoulder, and you're making Hurts throw 35 times, and uh, there was pressure getting to him all day. Lane Johnson might be the MVP of this team. Um, I feel like we end up saying that pretty much every season, but like there's a noticeable difference on the offensive line uh, pass blocking-wise when he's not in the game. Um, that got exposed. Hurts ended up on the ground more than I would have liked him to. Um, but yeah, 35 throws when he's like still clearly like not 100%. I don't love that. Um, once again, the run game was pretty much non-existent until the second half, uh, except for the giant killer Boston Scott. Uh, I think 10 out of his 17 career touchdowns are against the Giants or something like that. I think Correct. it was 70 per- Oh, I thought I heard 70% of his career touchdowns are against like, the Giants. It, it's the most... It, it's one of those things. It's just every single time. And like, it's a running joke where like the Giants game comes and you're like, watch out for Boston Scott. And then like, it, it literally happens every time. So shout out to Boston Scott only, only in Giants games though. Um, but yeah, Miles Sanders, once again, just like not non-existent, 11 carries, 33 yards, bunch of nothing. Just at like, they I don't know if they wanted to just kind of let Hertz get like, get loose, get warmed up, kind of get a feel for the game again. But just it, there were so many times where I shouted like at the TV, run the ball. And every single time it was a pass and it, it gets, it gets frustrating, especially when they're as good of a running team as they have been. Like that's, that's where they're best at. Obviously part of that is hurts not being able to run right now, but Miles Sanders, the ball more. Like, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how else to say it. it it's very annoying. Um, G Brown and Devonte Smith are still elite. Both of them like kind of surreal. Like to realize that like they're these are just the Eagles receivers for the next couple of years now. That that feels pretty good. Um, so yeah, shout out to them. Defense, I'm not going to talk about too much because like this type of game, the offense was very frustrating. The defense did what was expected out of them, considering who they were playing against. Um, Davis Webb is you know he ran over Reed Blankenship, which was pretty funny. Like completely ran over him. Um, so that was pretty funny. But besides that, like it was Davis Webb. Like he didn't de- like Eagles defense did what they were supposed to do. It was good to see. I'm hoping like if nothing else, while I can't take anything away from that performance, I'm hoping it gave Darius Slay and Bradbury maybe a little bit of a, a confidence boost. I feel like the last couple of weeks they've kind of been playing not not to their standards is what I would have expected out of them. I'm hoping that maybe a matchup against a lesser team like that or lesser you know receivers than what they're used to maybe maybe you know helped jolt the confidence a little bit. It'll get them, it'll get them ready to go. Um, and also shout out Chauncey Garner Johnson. Um, they played him more at slot corner uh, this week because of Avante Maddox being out. I thought he did a great job there. And I think if I'm the Eagles going into the off season and I'm looking at uh, re-signing guys, I might, I might start with him. I think 25, he, all, all he's talked about is how like this locker room has like really helped in terms of like his maturity and his focus on the game and like it, it seems like they it seems like they kind of stole could have been a real like star player for the Saints. So I'm I'm hoping that they can lock that, that they can get him locked up going into next year. Um yeah, this was long winded, but we I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more here. But overall this was a shake off the rust game that went very poorly. Uh hopefully Hertz's shoulder is okay enough to where they can feel comfortable with him running the ball because that's when their offense is the most dangerous. Um Basically, going into this next game, if they can get after the quarterback, if they can really commit to the run game and kind of let that dictate how their offense looks, I I think they can go toe-to-toe with any team. But those are two two big ifs based on the way they've been playing. So I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. 
I think uh, if you could take away any silver lining out of this game is, I mean, it's what it's what you and I talked about when it was just us on that one episode. Is uh, you were worried about Hertz's rust, and if this maybe this is the rust game, and and it, that's that's what I'm holding it, my hat on right now. If if he came out in the in the divisional round against a tougher defense and say the Bucks, that's and a very tough defense. And, and yeah, you're not moving on if if you have that performance against them. So I guess maybe you can, you know, take that uh, moving forward. And he's you still have the bye week. He got that done. Uh, and you give him now two weeks to till he plays his next game and get a little bit healthier. And that's all you can hope for that he. That he's not going in completely cold from. Uh, when was the last game he played other than this? Uh, Chicago, which was week uh, 15. 15? I yeah. yeah, as opposed to going completely cold from week 15 to the divisional round of the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, that's. That's the. Uh, I, that, I think that's the main takeaway, and that it doesn't seem like he re aggravated anything. No, he's yeah. They he said after the game that that hurts was sore, but based on the way he was saying it, it sounded like that was like expected out of this. I think I, I think if anything, I was I was more just hoping that this would have been you know more of a blowout, and maybe he could have maybe he would have only ended up with like twenty throws instead of thirty five. Just nitpicking, but obviously, like you said, it's still I'm still very glad that hopefully that was him like getting that game out of the way or something you know something along those lines. We'll see. Yeah, I just think it, your only two goals of this game was to get the one seed however you can and to not have Hurts get more hurt than he already is. So I think just going off those two facts, it, it's a success. It's a net positive for sure. Yeah, but you can certainly nitpick as you did. So mm. that's, that's valid. Uh, Jack, do you have any thoughts on this game? I feel like Jack's going to have some more, some more brash takes here, let's say. Uh no, I really don't. I just wanted to oh. sit back and listen to uh want you, you wanted me to be worried. I know you did. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I I, I didn't see it coming that the Eagles would be in this position going to the playoffs. I was really worried they'd be like six honestly I thought they could go seventeen and or like sixteen and one, but like you can um, look back at it too and it's like Obviously, like like every every fan of every team will always do this, but like you look you look at the three losses. It was Washington, you had that Quez Watkins like seventy yard catch and fumble, and then you also had the Dallas Goddard fumble that probably should have been a face mask before the fumble happened. That changed that game. Yeah, yeah. And you get um, the uh, Cowboys game, Minshew. Offensive battle, obviously it's a big what if, but you know Hertz plays that game. Maybe that goes differently. Who knows? Um, but even then, like very much in position to win that game the entire game. And then you get the Saints game where if Hertz is playing that game, they they certainly don't lose that game. Um, so a lot of what ifs. But yeah, like it, it's it's definitely not ideal to see him playing this type of football going into it. But it seems like the injury bug is maybe starting to finally calm down here. So we'll see if that's if that's a good sign. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, like we said, the Eagles have a bye, them and the Chiefs. Uh, so I guess unless there's anything else to add, I think that's a good segue to the games this weekend. Football. Uh, before we get into the action, let's kind of go over our what we talked about in terms of our picks contest between us three. Uh, so we're all on the same page, and the listeners know. 
We are picking every spread and every total for every game. Oh, yeah. uh, last year, we did a little differently. We just did just spreads in the first two rounds. And then the conference championships and the Super Bowl, we did both. However, we're going all in this year, picking every single thing we can to give ourselves as much opportunity to potentially make up ground if we're a little bit behind or just to add a little bit of suspense and drama to our, our contest here. So that's kind of the way we're going to be doing it. As we said, $50 each to the winner. And I did ask this question, and we will get into it when we get to these particular games, to the group. And Jack kind of decided, and I guess I concur, so I guess we're going with this too. Uh, the only two games we are able to change this week are going to be the uh, Ravens and Bengals, because we're not 100% sure who we playing quarterback for Baltimore. That could affect things as well as the, the Bills-Dolphins game, because that could be any of the three as well. Uh, so those are the two caveats we could have for this weekend. But everything else we're going to lock in right now on today's show for certain. Uh, and I guess we can start in chronological order of when these games will be happening. Hmm. So the first game on the docket is Saturday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. We have the Seattle Seahawks, who squeaked into the playoffs off of a overtime game-winning field goals by Jason Myers for themselves, and thanks to Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, and Jamal Williams and the Lions, they uh, go into Lambeau Field against all odds. Well, against not that big odds; they were only four and a half point underdogs. But you know what I mean. Uh, the, the quarterback that's owned your team for ten to fifteen years, and you win in a game that didn't matter for their playoff aspirations, but the Seahawks get saved, and they're in nonetheless. They play their division rival in the 49ers, led by Brock Purdy, who are absolutely on fire. They're the hottest team in football by, by far right now. Uh, they're on an 11-game winning streak, I believe. I think so. I which is the 10, 10 games, which is the largest in the league. Uh, who wants to go first in this one? I, I, I guess, how are we going to decide who... I guess we just go around... Do you want to say our... The order, doesn't, the order doesn't matter because we're not picking different things. So it's like... It's, we're not like stealing picks from each other. Right. Yeah, that that's true. Um, but I'm just saying in general, should we say our thoughts on the game first and then picks at the end of each I think particular thoughts game? first and then, and then picks at the end. Okay, we'll go with that. Uh, Jack, what are your thoughts on this game first? Seattle going into San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco is nine and a half point favorites, and the total is set at 42 and a half. Uh, these two teams obviously had played twice this year, and I forgot who won the first game. It was the 49ers. Yes, that was the game I remember that uh, you guys said Geno Smith is like undefeated against the spread as a starter, and I picked the Niners, and I rubbed it in your face. 49ers won the first matchup 27-7, to and then the second matchup, which was on Thursday Night Football just a few weeks ago, 49ers win 21-13. to um, So what do you think about this one? Jack, start. Uh, it's tough to beat a team three times in one year. However, I think the Niners are good. Are that good of a team? The, the the disparity between these two is is too much. I think the Niners will do it. Um, I mean, it is the two versus seven seed, so it would make sense. Um, the the defense, Niners defense, is still really good. They had kind of a one week blunder against, uh, oddly enough, Jared Stidham and the Raiders. 
letting up 34, I believe, a few weeks ago. Still very good, though. Um, Gino and the Seahawks, I mean, they struggled against the Rams last week, but it was an in-division game, so you can kind of throw that out the window a little bit. Um, should I give my pick, or wait until you, you guys want to talk first? Yeah, maybe we should. Maybe you should do the pick. Just I feel like yeah, really I'll give my pick. Um, sorry, sorry to interrupt, Shreff. Do you mind being the recorder? Oh yeah, yeah, I can do that. Thank you. Um, I do think that giving the uh, the Seahawks this many points is too much. I think they will keep it a ten point game or with under a ten point game. Uh, Dino has had a magical season, just a completely. Uh, reinventing himself as a quarterback in this league and i think that magic's gonna carry up a little bit he's gonna put up a great fight um despite this def- this niners defense being so good uh so i'm gonna go the seahawks to cover the nine and a half and i'm gonna go with over um their last meeting was i think their last meeting was 20 20- Neither of the matchups went over 42 and a half. 27 to 7 and 21 13. Okay. Um, I think it could happen this time because this, uh, this Niners offense, ever since they played the, the Seahawks that week, they've scored 37, 37, 38. Like they're, they're really, really firing all cylinders. Uh, and the Seahawks defense is vulnerable. So I could see them scoring in the 30s. And then I could just see the, uh, the Seahawks just playing desperation, catch a ball a little bit. It could go that way. Um, and they can put up some points as well. So I'm going to go the over 42.5 and, and the Seahawks to cover the 9.5. Okay. Straff, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I agree with most of what Jack said. Um, Niners are hottest team in football. I keep waiting for Purdy to like come back down to earth, and he's not. I think like it's... I don't want to give the scheme all the credit because Purdy's been making like th- making all the throws, and it's just it's becoming what seems to be almost an unstoppable offense. I mean, like talk about like perfect fit. Like Christian McCaffrey could not fit a team better than he fits the Niners. Um, it's great to see because like everyone knew that he was really good in Carolina, but just never really got the chance to like put that forth on more of a you know a widespread stage. So that's very nice to see. Kittle uh, has like is just as consistent as can be. Um, Trent Williams is still mauling people. Like the, the, everything about the offense is clicking. Um, the defense is still as good as they come, and I feel like they always kind of turn turn up the heat a little bit come playoff time. It feels I, I feel like D'Amico Ryan's kind of knows how to get those boys right. Um, on the other side of it, Seattle. Uh, I think I said it in our group chat. Like leave it to me, Carroll, once again. Like. Everyone wanted to see the lines in the playoffs, and and Meet Carroll is like, you know what? We've looked we've looked really bad for the last couple of weeks, but we're gonna we're gonna do just enough to sneak in there. Still, that's exactly what they did. Credit to Meet, I guess, on that one. Seahawks have kind of limped their way into this game a little bit. Um, Gino has still been really good. Uh, I don't know. I think, like Jack said, I think I think the Niners outmatch them. Um, and contrary to Jack, I think. The Niners outmatch them to the point where they will cover the nine and a half. So while the points do scare me, um, I'm trusting the team that I think is just a, a lot better getting a home game. And I I don't see how the Seahawks are going to be able to kind of hang with them 
for, for four quarters. So I'm going to take the Niners to cover the nine and a half, but I am agreeing with Jack. I do think uh, the over is going to hit 42 and a half. Uh, like you said, I mean, this this offense just seems to be able to score at will right now. And I trust Geno enough to still, you know, be able to keep the offense at least to a point where they can score a little bit uh, enough to get the over. So Niners to cover over. Okay. So I guess before I get into my pick, I just want to shout out uh, how good San Francisco's defense has been all year long. Uh, they are fourth in yards per play allowed in the league. They're tied for second in, t- in turnovers, and they're first in points per game allowed. And uh, Nick Bosa has the most sacks in the league at 18.5. He is the favorite to win defense player of the year. I think he will. And uh, it's, just, it's been so dominant. Like you guys said, the offense has been really prolific, and B- Brock Purdy is just really ascending and I mean, if he keeps playing the way he does, I just it's going to be hard to take him off the field next season. And we had a whole discussion about that, and we will continue to have a whole discussion about that throughout the offseason. But, uh, you know, for each game that he, that he steps on the field and performs like this, just increases his chances of being the, quarter, the quarterback of the 49ers uh, next year. And he's young, so it's like it wouldn't be like the word, like it's not like, like he's like a 35-year-old where it's like, oh, do we really want to hang on to him? Like he... Could be your future if it like I don't know. Yeah, it's really surreal to see. Uh, imagine sorry to cut you off. Imagine last year, like mid twenty twenty one season, that we'd be watching a, a Geno Smith Brock Purdy playoff game, and both quarterbacks could be the quarterback of the future. Yeah. And they're like, and, and these are the two guys that are like supposed to be playing the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and we're, and we're not we're not upset that it's right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so so, yeah, weird. so um. I guess I'll spoil my pick and then I'll kind of say some stats to back it up. Uh, I'm going full opposite of Jack. I'm going f- Niners minus nine and a half and under 42 and a half. The 49ers are 8-0 against the spread in their last eight games against divisional opponents. And they're 6-0 straight up. Seattle in its last six games are 1-5 against the spread in general. Uh, so those are my two data points to back up my selection. And I just think I'm 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 with Shreff now. I think Meat has let us down too many times. And I'm so sick of it. My I my initial lean was the Seahawks, but kind of diving into the statistics a little bit more and also having that selfish motive and kind of revenge against Meat. Uh I I'm going with the 49ers. I don't think this one will be that close. And I think they will be able to take care of business and I don't know. Seattle just hasn't looked good recently. So I don't know. I'm going with the 49ers and the under. Moving on, the next game we have here on the docket is the Saturday night game. Uh, We have the Los Angeles Chargers going to Jacksonville to face the AFC South champions. Jaguars are in the playoffs for the first time since 2017 when they made the AFC championship and nearly made the Super Bowl to face the Eagles. That would have been something had Blake Bortles in, in, in the Super Bowl. Uh, the When I made my notes down here, it was one and a half in favor of the Chargers. However, FanHool has, it seems that it's going back up to Chargers to favor by two and a half. So that is the current spread, Chargers minus two and a half. The total is set at 47 and a half. Uh, and I guess we can start with Shref this time. What's your initial thoughts on this one? 
I really think, I mean, it looks like it'll be a close one. Jags have a lot of momentum. Chargers didn't look good in week 18, but in general have had a lot of momentum in the last uh, month of the season. What do you think? It's an exciting one. Two young quarterbacks who, I mean, you got to be ecstatic if you're if you're either a fan of either teams with your quarterback situation going forward. So what do you think? This is a fun one. This is a very fun one. Um, very excited for the Jaguars. I feel like they are, like, if you would assume for most people, if you are not a fan of a playoff team, this is probably one of the top teams that you're pulling for a little bit. Very likable. Um, shout out Doug Peterson, still my guy, even though he's no longer my coach. Um, seems to know how to how to get it done. Um, Trevor Lawrence is becoming the quarterback that everyone was hoping and thought he would be. Very good to see. Um, their defense is getting is getting hot a little bit hotter at the right time. Josh Allen's playing very well. Arden Keys kind of showed up. Um, Tyson Campbell's a very good young corner. They they got some pieces there on defense. Um, Chargers, I don't know the current situation with Mike Williams. Talk about an all-time uh, dummy moment there on Staley's part. Like, just just rest him. Nothing about that game meant anything in terms of where you were going to – like, you. this was this was what was going to be happening either way. So, like, every other coach seemed to, seemed to understand that. Uh, and Dable certainly understood it, and I, I saw that firsthand. So probably should have probably thought about that a little bit. Um for me on this one, this is this is a really tough one. I, I'm gonna bet on the coaching on this one. I'm gonna take the Jags to cover two and a half. Um, I think Doug Peterson just it, it seems like he's just kind of finding ways to at least keep games tight, if not win these games. Um, Staley, Brandon Staley, to me, and the Chargers in general still still haven't proven to me that they can, you know, shake off these these playoff issues that they seem to run into. Um and yeah, so I'm going to take the Jags plus two and a half. I feel that vibes pick on that one. And then in terms, ooh, the over under is tough. 47 and a half. I take the under. I'm taking the under 47 and a half. Um Assuming that, I mean, knowing Mike Williams, even if he does play it, I'm assuming that this might not be at 100%. Um, and like I said, I think the Jags' defense has kind of gotten better and better as the, season gone, as the season's gone on. I think they'll be able to maybe not completely uh, stop the Chargers' offense, but I think at least contain it to a point where it kind of turns into uh, maybe a little bit more of a defensive battle because I think the, the Jags' offense at times can, uh, can, can get a little sluggish, I think. Um, we we definitely saw it in the in the Tennessee game for sure. Um, so there is that potential, and I I don't know. I think I think these are two younger teams that don't have a ton of playoff experience, and I think it I think it maybe gets off to a little bit of a slow start. So, eggs plus two and a half and under forty seven and a half. All right, that is a that is a good breakdown. Uh, I guess I'll go second and just kind of keep this rotation going on. I I really like the I mean it's it's very obvious and evident and we've said it pretty much all season long especially in the second half that the the culture shift that has happened in Jacksonville and uh it's it's really it's fun to see it's inspiring to see and uh man I I I don't I don't want to go into that even further because of just how, my disdain for Urban Meyer <laughs> and uh my admiration for Doug Peterson so it's um 
yeah, it's that's the definition of night and day right there. I so here's my stats, and I guess you can. Uh, I guess they'll spoil my picks once I say them. But Doug Peterson, as a home underdog in his coaching career, is fourteen four and one, and including four zero this year as a home underdog in Jacksonville. Also, these two teams have combined record uh, 19-14-1 to the under this season. So I will be tailing Shreff. I'll Ooh, be taking the Jags. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a little concerning to me that I have agreed on Shreff on three of the four. This is a clean slate. This is a clean slate. Yeah, so uh, Jags plus two and a half. I like the money line and under 47 and a half. I do, I do think what you said is a good point. Of two, these are two quarterbacks that have never been in the playoffs before, uh, both making their playoff debut. I also here's another stat as well, and I got this from Nick Diaz, the host of Veterans Minimum. Uh, so if it's an incorrect stat, it's on him. But teams that have beaten the other team in the regular season when they face in the playoffs have won at a seventy percent rate. Jags beat the Chargers in the playoffs, uh, handedly. Two, not even a close one. So I like the Jags to advance, and uh, I think the unders at play as well. Uh, great stats. Well, again, can you say what the un- the your stat behind the under was? I think I missed that. Probably my weakest one. I mean, it just wasn't crazy. Slight, but... It's a slight lean to the under that if you combine these two teams' record over under wise, they're nineteen, fourteen, and one to the under this year. Um, I've been kind of going back and forth. I mean, I, of course, I'm rooting for the Jags. Uh, I was at the game on Saturday. It was awesome atmosphere. And I expect that again. I'm not, I'm not planning on going this week, but, um, so I'm going to take the home team, the Jags. Um, I like your stat on Peterson as a, a home underdog. What was it? It was, uh, 14, 14 and more. one. One. Is that all time? Sorry, yeah, it's all time, isn't it? Yeah, it's all yep. time. Yep, and and they're also four zero this year as a home underdog as well. Okay, um, yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, and I'm gonna go with the over. Um, it's kind of just more on feel that I uh, for the Jags. If last week didn't happen the way it did offensively, like they were pretty slow offensively the whole game, really. I they only put up like. 13 offensive points because they had that defensive touchdown. Uh, I could credit that to being, I guess, the spot that the game was. Like, all eyes on them. It's a primetime game. Maybe we came out a little a little slow. And the Titans just had a... Oh, bye, Mitchell. He'll be back. And the uh, the Titans just had a, a great game plan, a great defense. So, I'm, uh, I'm not going to hold that offensive performance too much to, to them. And their past weeks, I mean, they put up like a ton against a 31 against the Texans the week prior. Um, was the Titans game the week before that where they put up a ton? Like they've been on a roll offensively. So I expect that to, uh, I, I feel like this is kind of their second playoff game as last week was kind of like a playoff game. So it's a little bit less nerve wracking for this. A lot of these guys that have never played in the playoffs before speaking to the Jags and offensively, if the Jags take the lead like that, Herbert and the Chargers can keep up with the talent they have. Um, so uh, that's why I'm going to go with the over. 
And yeah, I took the Jags to cover. So I'm just going to stick with you guys there. Cool. Sorry, I couldn't get myself off mute there. Don't know what happened. Technical difficulty behind the scenes. So, okay. Jack, are you three for three with overs? No, sorry. We've only talked about two games. What am I talking about? Sorry about that. Yeah. You're way off, man. Way off, way off. Next game on the docket, we have the Miami Dolphins going to Buffalo. And, man, I just I still can't get over that game, the, the Jets game. Yeah. They only 9-6. to six. That, That's just ridiculous, man. This should, be, this should have been us. It, it's one of those things where, like, it is that debate of, like, did they, like, deserve... They, like, I know Tua was out, but, like, man, they, they did not look good coming down the stretch. Yeah, I... I Again, I don't want to turn this into a Steelers talk because we are not in the playoffs and we are previewing the playoffs. However, if the Steelers were in this game, what, what would you guys say the spread would have been? So, seven and a half. Say seven, seven and a half. Not ten. Or no, it's nine now. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. But I think the total would have been less because of the Steelers' yeah. defense is just better than the Dolphins right now. Total, total probably would have been hanging around like 40 something, 40, 41 and a half. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'll go first because I think I'm up in the rotation, but I, I'll tell you guys this. And again, this will probably spoil my prediction. Out of the two games that we are allowed to have, uh, modifications to our selections. I'm not changing this one. I may change the other one, but uh, I don't care who the quarterback is for Miami. They're not covering or winning this game. It just, I think, and I know the two games that they split head to head and the Dolphins did cover both of the games against the Bills in the regular season. I think this is a statement game. I think it's a game that shows where these two teams are at right now. One being... I think has the momentum behind them and one that has no momentum behind them. I mean, talk about the, the dolphins. I mean, they're eight and three, they lose five in a row. And then the one game they win, they score nine points. I know it's Skylar Thompson and he has no business being an NFL quarterback. Sorry, Skylar Thompson, but it's true. Even you know it. Uh, but I just think that again, it's, it's all about the momentum and I have some numbers to back it up. I know they did cover in Buffalo this year, but the last 11 times they went to Buffalo, the Dolphins are 3-7-1 and one against the spread. Uh, I did check the weather, by the way. No snow, and probably around 30 degrees, but I don't know. They, they, co- they covered in the snow, so I guess that's a mute point. But Miami is... This is a weird one. You guys ready for this one? Miami is 1-4-1 and one against the spread in the last six matchups on the road when they face a team that has a winning home record. That's a cherry-pick stat if I've ever heard one right there. Oh, yeah. But I'm, I'm using it to my advantage. So You're cherry-picking. Yeah. yeah, no shame in cherry-picking. Mm-hmm. Buffalo, also 5-2 and two against the spread, coming off games in which they've scored 30 points. So when it rains, it pours in Buffalo. I'll, I'll, I'll say it like that. 
And I'm also actually going with the over in this one. I've, I've the first two games I went with the under. I'm going with the over, which I don't know if I've said already, but it's 45 and a half unless it changed. Does anyone know? Uh, 46 and a half now. Okay, I'll still 46. take it. At four, I'll still take it at 46 and a half. I think this is a game where I'm just relying on Buffalo's offense and where their strength lies, similarly to how I rely. I'm I'm uh, choosing to rely on the 49ers and their defense to keep that game under. So I think it's going to be kind of an offensive explosion. If I had to put a score prediction to it, I'll say 34 to 20 Bills. But yeah, that's where I'm going with. Bills minus nine over 46 and a half. Jack is up. What are your thoughts? Um... And are you thinking about changing it if if something happens? I yes, I am thinking about changing it if Tua plays. Uh, but I'm under the impression I'm thinking about changing where I'm going with who covers. I'm gonna take the Bills to cover. If Tua plays, I I may reconsider. Now if Tua plays and then the line jumps down to like seven. What are we gonna do? I don't know. We can cross that bridge if we get to it, I guess. But um, whatever. I'm going with the Bills to cover because. They're just, especially without Tua, Dolphins got no shot. Um, the is just the both teams are just way too imbalanced at this point. Um, I'm going with the under though. You said over, right, Mitchell? Yes. Yeah, I'm going with the I'm going with the under because I your score prediction was 34-20. I don't I don't see the Dolphins scoring 20 points. Like the Bills. Defense is pretty comparable to the Jets. Um, and the Bills got the home crowd here. I uh I don't see the I don't see the uh with the Dolphins putting up like I mean, whatever, like ten, like like I'd expect from them. Like it's it doesn't they were so bad with Skylar Thompson. So um actually would Teddy Bridgewater play? I think there's a chance. I don't know okay. what his. I don't know what he's. Is he hurt right now? He's hurt right now. There was like a chance he played last week, so maybe there's a better chance he would play this week. Um, I don't see them putting two out there. Like, if they put two out there and then, yeah, he gets a fourth concussion. That's like hell will break loose. Hell kind of already has broken loose, and. uh so I, I I don't see him playing, which it's probably best for his health. He doesn't play. Um, yeah, those are my picks. Bills minus nine, under forty six and a half. They put up ten. The Bills will just have to cover the rest of the spread by themselves. So they can do it. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I could easily see it being thirty three ten. Wow, that's really covering the spread at that point. What do you mean? I mean that's real. That's decisively covering the nine points. Then I think so that like, I were you, I wouldn't even consider changing it. Then if you think it's going to be a twenty-three point game, I. Uh, you think Ted was worth t- twelve points? I mean, not no. He's not worth twelve points, like in terms of bread. But like he adds something. Like again, he, they covered both games. Each game was Dolphins won one, and they. Uh, it was a field goal the next game, I think, with him. Like he, he just adds something. Like I'm not a big two believer. Like I don't think two is an elite quarterback, but like he adds 
a lot. And I think in this spot, he would add a lot against the Bills. All right. That's fair. Hmm. Shref, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I think you guys covered everything pretty well. Um, one thing I do want to, before I make my pick, uh, I've been seeing I've been seeing things online about people saying that Mike McDaniel should be fired. Those people are the are the are the stupidest stupid heads known known to man. I think um, what an absurd thought to have after like like no <laughs> like no Mike McDaniel's a good coach. This has been a, a very bad stretch here lately. I think more of it comes down to the fact that this Dolphins team, obviously, when two isn't playing, just isn't it just isn't too good. Um, but all that being said, I agree with everything. I think the Bills cover nine feels feels like a gimme right now. Uh, Dolphins just aren't playing very good football. Bills at home, momentum riding into it. I think they're just the better team. Um, don't I? I think I'm on Mitchell's side where I, I don't think Tua playing would, would change my mind on this one. Um, however, no matter what, I am gonna I'm gonna agree with Jack as well here. I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the under. I take the under. Um, I do agree that especially if Tua doesn't play, I don't know if the Dolphins are gonna be able to really score points. So it would be Bills would be having to do all the heavy lifting on that part. Um, and also uh, uh, an odd trend that I'm going to be watching for, maybe not in this game, but over the next couple of games, assuming the Bills win, is Josh Allen's been throwing some poorly timed interceptions recently. Um, just like baffling, like what are you doing throws. Um, it's like becoming frequent enough where it seems like it might be something that we just have to live with right now for him. Um, and I don't know. It, it, it feels like it's been happening pretty frequently, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if there's be one or two drives where they're they're working the way down and he there's there's a, a poorly timed turnover um yeah so I'm, I'm taking the bills to cover i don't think that'll change and i'm taking the under okay next game on the docket we have the sunday at 4 30 game we have the new york giants traveling to minnesota to take on the vikings uh, this spread is set at three in favor of the Vikings, and the total is at 48 and a half. Uh, Vikings are still undefeated in one possession games, right? I think so. Still crazy how that, yeah, the luck that they've had, um, on their side. Not saying that they're a bad team, but it's undeniable that they have had luck on their side this year. Uh, but Jack. We will let you go first here. What are you thinking? Um, this is, I'm going to say this is the second toughest game for me to decide, personally. It is tough. I think all these, ga- all these games are pretty tough. Um, like I'm not too compelled either way, I don't think, for any of them. But um, I'll just start off with my pick. I'm going to go with the Vikings to cover the three. Um, they beat the uh, the Giants by three it, at MetLife a couple weeks ago. Um, I just think, I mean, they aren't really a more complete team than the Giants, I would say. But 
Cousins, Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Thielen, Hawkinson, like those group of five are just like better than than the uh than the Giants group of five. And again, like the Giants are probably more well rounded on defense and their offensive line, but um I don't know, it's just record wise the Vikings just pull it out. As Mitchell said, they're undefeated one possession games. Vegas has this as a one possession game, so um I'm gonna stick with the Vikings there. I am gonna go with the under though. It's forty eight and a half, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the highest point total we have on Wildcard Weekend, I think. Is that also correct? Yep. Yep. Uh I'm going with the under. I don't think uh the case for that being again not no stats, but the both quarterbacks I feel like could tighten up in a big spot. Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones, so it could lead to less points. Um, I could see this being like a 21-17 game. Even 24-17 game. It's, 40 is a lot of points. I don't know. I I, I guess their their first matchup would have gone over. It was forty or it was 24-27, I believe. Um, but I don't know. I, uh, when is this game? Is 4.30 it on Sunday. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's like kind of prime time. Kirk in prime time. Um, so I'm pretty comfortable with that total pick and I'm just going to stick with the, uh, the Vikings cause they're just, uh, they've won more games. Like they just get it done. So that's, that's where I'm going. Fair enough. Uh, Shref, you're up. I just want to clarify as well. Jack, that game was in Minnesota, not at MetLife. Oh, my mistake. Shref, what are you thinking? It's another tough one. Um, Giants are another team that I think you could say are probably, I mean, they, they obviously got off to a really hot start, but like uh, offensively, it seems like Daniel Jones has like kind of fully figured it out now, which is certainly something that I wouldn't have expected. Uh, he's definitely proved me wrong in that sense. So uh, credit to him. Um, I think it's hard to argue against anyone. I mean, there, there's, there's been a lot of good coaches. I think Peterson has definitely a, a very good path, but I like, I think I, I think it's got to be Dable for coach of the year. Like it, like it, just the complete, I don't allow just the complete turnaround and like how it's New York. Like, you know, the, the microscope's always under you a little bit and the giants have kind of gone, been going through it with coaching. And like, it, it seems like he just kind of completely turned it around from year one. So credit to him. Vikings. Um, everyone's like favorite team to hate this year. I feel like uh, just because of kind of the nature of how they've won a lot of their games this year. Um, I agree with a lot of what Jack said about the offensive playmakers on the Vikings and how overwhelming that offense can be at times. Um, but another thing that Jack mentioned that lent it to the under was the possible Kirk Cousins, you know, primetime game, playoff game, he doesn't show up. And while I do think he's going to show up and I do think the Vikings can still win this game, I think the Giants are going to keep it very close, if not win the game. I think the Giants are going to cover the three. I'm going to go with that to start. Um, as far as the over-under, though, I I I do agree with Jack. I think um, as explosive as the Vikings' offense can be, um, I think, you know, playoff game, I think Giants' defense is going to be is going to be tightened up. I think it's going to be – I think they're going to be ready to lock in on Justin Jefferson. They're probably going to have to – Vikings might have to try to beat you a different way. Um, and on the Giants side of the ball, no matter what, like you know, the they don't quite have the receiver 
playmaking ability that you would like to see. Um, and, you know, Saquon's definitely going to be able to run, but we'll see how long that, if that can last for four quarters. So for all those reasons, I like the under as well. So I'm going Giants plus three, under 48 and a half. Okay, fair enough. I don't have any statistics to back up my selections. I, I, well, that's a lie. For the total, I do, not the spread. Uh, in reality, I think this is going to be a very close game. I said it right before Jack started talking that it was personally the second most difficult game for me to kind of handicap and kind of, and kind of think of what, what may happen here. Uh, in reality, I, think, I honestly think... I think it could be a push, to be honest. Like it's, I think it really could be like I very well see it a push. So predict it, take it, take the push. Oh, okay, no, I'm not gonna do that. I'll um, let you do it. That means you get either one. If the or no, it'd have to be the Vikings have to win by three. Yeah, take dummy. It. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm leading with the Vikings minus three. I think craziness and fluke things have happened all year to Minnesota, and I think that's going to continue. I think that they will just get it done, and um, they're going to move on. I know. I think there's. I have again no data to back this up. I just feel like there's a public sentiment maybe on the Giants to cover this one. Uh, I just I think the Vikings are going to prevail in the end. I am on the over. The Vikings have had the most games to the over in the league this year. They're at 65%, which is, like I said, top of the league. The first matchup would have went over. And I think the Vikings were able to put, put up points. And, and I probably, the, I mean, definitely the reason why they, their games have gone over is that their defenses look poor at times. And uh, I think Dave is still going to be able to exploit that. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of points are going to be scored in this game. I think it's going to be a shootout. So I'm going over 48 and a half. Predicting a push would be so pointless. <laughs> Unless because, we, you could get like you get like double points or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah unless we could you just be like, well, I guess we would get a push and you would get a win, but that yeah, you get you gain a half a game, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, it's gonna be an interesting one. I'm, I mean, I guess we we can say this for the end, but um. Saying which game we're looking forward to the most, but this is definitely up there for me. I'm I'm excited to see this one. I think any Vikings game you got to you got to you got to put in consideration for your top top game of the week because they've, they've done things this year that we have never seen before and probably will never see again. So, um, yeah, crazy stuff. All right, our second to last game here we have the Baltimore Ravens heading to Cincinnati uh, on Sunday Night Football. These two teams played last week, and uh, the Bengals won 27-16. to 16. Ravens beat them earlier in the year, but obviously that was with Lamar Jackson. Uh, this, the spread right now is at seven points in favor of the Bengals, and we have the total at 42 and a half. Uh, we're going to let Shref have the first word here. And if you did catch what I said earlier when, I was, when we were discussing the Dolphins and Bills game, how I said I'm confident in that one, I'm not going to change this. This one... I honestly don't even want to make a prediction right now if you guys will let me. But if I have to, I will now. But I will certainly be amending this one with later information. Jeff, go ahead, though. Okay. Um, with the Bills game, I made my pick under the assumption that 
Tua will not be playing. This one, I'm going to lead it off by saying that I'm making my prediction uh, assuming that Lamar Jackson will be playing. That being said, I will lead it off by saying that I will be taking the Ravens to cover seven points. Um, I, For me, the main thing is Ravens' defense. They just uh, they just gave Roquan Smith a big old big old contract, um, well deserved in my opinion. Uh, obviously, the opponents that they've played uh, the last I think it's like seven or eight weeks since they traded for him, yeah, something like that. Uh, haven't been the best offenses, but I was I I don't have the chart with me right now. But have you ever, have you ever seen like those those DVOA charts? Um, I don't even know exactly what they mean, but basically every year when it comes to those rankings, they're pretty pretty spot on when it comes to like uh matching up with how good the teams like seem to be um ravens defense went and it, and it accounts for uh like skill of opponents or whatever and ravens jumped up like 15 spots after that trade with him uh he's been he's kind of become what seems to be kind of like the anchor piece of that defense for them uh and if lamar comes back i am assuming that this ravens offense can hopefully return to um team that can like actually score points that, that would definitely be nice uh yeah Bengals are other one of those teams that you could argue are the hottest team one of the hottest teams in football um joe burrow's been playing lights out jamar chase t higgins boyd all been unreal defense has really shown up but no matter what division game um lamar back and i, I really like the ravens defense i think they'll be able to at least keep it close i'm not saying i think the ravens will win this game because i don't think they'll win this game but I think they, I think with Lamar, they can keep it within a touchdown. So I'm going to start with Ravens plus seven, and then uh, as much as I was just talking about the Ravens defense and how much I enjoy it, I think you can play good defense while still obviously understanding that the Bengals offense is what it is, and they're still going to score points. Once again, assuming Lamar's playing, I'm going to take the over 42 and a half here. Um, I don't think this will turn into a shootout. But I think you're going to see, I think it's just going to be with Lamar. I think it's just going to be a good, a really good game. Um, I think points will still be scored as much as I think the defenses will, are still going to have to step up and make plays. So Ravens plus seven over 42 and a half. Okay. I, like I said, I am very much undecided on this game. However, until you got to your your total pick, I was going to say you were spot on. I mm. do think the Ravens plus seven. Again, it, it's tough. That's this is why I said I'm undecided, right? If I don't know what the sports books have in mind when they're making this line, Correct. if they have in mind that Lamar is playing and it's seven points, I'm taking the Ravens. However, if this is their line, assuming it's Again, it's tough. It could be three guys. That's the thing. It's not just one of two guys. It could be Huntley, Anthony Brown, or Lamar. If it's one of those two guys, especially if it's Anthony Brown and they keep it at seven for some reason, I'm, I'm switching it to the Bengals. Huntley would make it a little bit tougher. Um, but I'm going to go into the assumption that Shreff had that Lamar is playing. I'm taking seven. Uh, and even if it... I think you made a really good point with the defense. I do think even if it's Hunt, Anthony Brown's tough because he is a he's a major liability, right? Yeah, but if it's Huntley, I do think that, and I'm I, I'm sure if it's Huntley, it'll maybe drop down a point or two. I think the defense could keep it in that. I think it's still Bengals, Ravens, AFC North football, and uh, I'm probably leaning towards Ravens now. 
but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna keep it there. Uh, I'm still I'm gonna go with the under 42 and a half. Like I said, I just think it's um hard nose AFC North football. I think it's gonna be a slightly more similar to the first matchup between these two teams. I think it was 19 to 17, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I could be wrong, but it was a low-scoring defensive battle I, I in that one. Right. And I'm not saying the Ravens are going to win by any stretch, but I could see Lamar playing, although he provides, you know, the defense naturally has to account for his skill set compared to these others, these other two, which kind of do what he does, but at, at a much more limited basis. Yeah. Um, I still think he could be rusty. Um, so although he pr- proposes a threat, I don't know if the execution could be quite there. Um, but I think the defense, like I said, will keep it them within the game, and it's going under, in my opinion. So I'm going to go with Ravens and uh, the under. Subject to change, but got it. Definitely subject to change. Um, I think that I'm going to go with the Bengals, and I don't think I'll be changing it. I see this line as this is if Lamar plays. Um, I don't think if Lamar is playing in this game, they're going to give seven points to the Ravens. So I think this will only get smaller if... um, Wait, I'm sorry. I said that wrong. I think this line is if Lamar isn't playing. Because I think if he does play, this line would like shift down to like three and a half maybe. Um, I think regardless, I'm going to take the uh the Bengals by a touch by seven. Um one if it's not Lamar, I I I just think this I know they don't play each other, but the differences in these offenses is just it's such a stark difference that um like they're more than a touchdown better. And I get that the Ravens have a good defense, but um they're vulnerable. They've shown to be vulnerable, especially in the fourth quarter. I know that's te- typically with a lead, but um, I mean, if you just take the mold of the, what happened last week, it's Bengals to cover and the over, and I really don't see much difference. And if anything, I'd say the Bengals, the Bengals offense, although they put up the Bengals, well, no, there was defensive touchdown, I think, or they had advantageous field position. Maybe, but the Bengals' offense didn't uh, wasn't clicking on all cylinders. I think that could have been uh, somewhat of effect of what the week they kind of came off of. Um, T. Higgins also got uh, hurt in this game too. I don't know how long he was out of the game, so I think this week they're going to be fully back. Uh, also at home again against a team they just saw. I don't. I have my doubts that Lamar is going to play in this game. I kind of just don't think he will. Like he, it's Tuesday. He still hasn't been spotted at practice. That's a pretty bad sign. Like, uh, I don't know. It's we've talked about the situation. It's a weird situation. If he does play, as you said, like it, there's going to be some rust. Uh, he hasn't played in it's like so long. Um, it's either rust or maybe he's like still hurt and he's like rushing back. I don't know. Like too much uncertainty with or without Lamar. I'm pretty comfortable taking the Bengals to win handedly here. And I don't think I said it yet. I'm going with the over. Um, I don't know. Kind of a little bit of a toss up, but I, um, again, going off the mold of last week, it would have been uh, Bengals to cover and the over. So I'm just going to stick with that. Yeah, I see what you mean. It's a tough one because 
last week it was 43 points scored and, and the total is 42 and a half. So uh, pretty much right there. Yeah, I guess I can close out with saying if it's if it's if it's if it's Anthony Brown stays at seven, I'm switching to the Bengals. Correct. I'm I'm on I'm on the same page. Like like I said, the the seven to me is assuming Lamar's playing. If it's Huntley and it's oh, yeah. seven, I don't really know what I'll do. Okay. I could still stay with the Ravens, but I'd definitely be thinking about switching. And then Lamar. So I guess we have one more game to get to, but I think this is a natural point, unless we want to discuss this off air and kind of think about it a little bit more and kind of, you know, get back to each other on it. But how are we going to handle if the line changes? What are we going to do? What do you mean? Like if, if Lamar plays and they shift the line to four, well, and and say like we want to switch. What 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 are we line. switching to? Yeah, well, that's that's that. like what do you mean? I think we just do it. I, I I think we just do it with a deadline. I think our final selection should have to be in before. Well, just like what, whenever they announce the official starter, and that's what we officially pick. We're like, all right, we'll just now pick knowing everything. Wipe wipe what we talked about essentially, and just go with what we feel. Then like that's just the most fair way. Okay, so once the starters are named, okay, I get yeah, you. Like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of assuming that by the time the first game gets played on Saturday, we'll probably know everything. So, I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of under the assumption that by Saturday we'll have everything locked in. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. All right, fair enough. Our final game here, uh, the Monday Night Football game. The second year they have a Monday Night Football wild card game. It's a tough one. It is a little tough, and I hope it's better than last year because last year was the Rams-Cardinals, and that game was not a fun Monday night game. Uh, not a good start to the Monday Night Wild Card series. Uh, hopefully this one is better. However, it's like, if it's like the first two times these two teams play, it'll be very ugly. So let's hope it's not like the opening Sunday Night Football game of the season between these two. But it is the Cowboys taking on the NFC South champ, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, who had a losing record. Uh, the Cowboys are favored by two and a half, and the total is at 45 and a half. And I guess I'm up to go first. Uh, I have a strong, this is probably my most confident pick. This is my least, least confident pick. Really? I was going to say, I, 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 this one's tough. I have my I, pick, but I don't know how I feel about it yet. I'm confident in uh, in both the spread and the total. Confident total. And what was that? I'm confident in the total. Feel okay. I am confident in both. I'm going with the Bucks uh, plus two and a half, and I'm going with under forty five and a half. I think it's going to be a similar game to Week One, where two defenses are slugging it out. And the reason why I think the Bucks is that they already beat them this year. I gave that stat earlier that the teams that beat one team in the regular season when they play them in the playoffs win at a 70% uh, clip. Brady has never lost to the Cowboys in his career. He's 7-0. He averages 277 point yard, excuse me, 277.9 yards per game, 15 touchdowns in those seven games and only five picks in those seven games. Uh, Dallas lost in the wild card game last year. They historically don't have playoff success, especially in our lifetime. Uh, I don't want to say historically, because historically, yes, they do have playoff success. In our lifetime, they don't have playoff success. 
and uh, Brady has the most playoff success. I just think it's the Bucks. They have momentum. I know, you know, last week doesn't really count, but they win the division. Their defense still looks really good, has pretty much all season long. Uh, Brady and Evans are starting to find a connection too. They're kind of getting that magic back a little bit. I think the Bucks are going to win this game and they're going to win it 23 to 17. Jack. Um, I'm confident it's going to go under. Like, I think it's going to be similar to it's going to be an ugly game like we saw week one on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, Sunday Night Football. Um, I I wouldn't say the Bucks have momentum. I like momentum. The uh, in week eighteen they lost to the Falcons and they played their backups for. I mean, they had their starters in to start the game, and like I think they played into the third quarter. Yeah, they and. Did. Tom Brady and the Bucks were still losing to the, the Falcons. Um, and then they lost even more whenever they pulled them. So, like, I don't see the momentum thing. Um, like, they... they I know the end the week prior was at the Panthers game. Like, they they beat ended up being them by, what was it? Like, I don't remember. Like, they pulled away with it, but it like was an ugly game. The Bucks just aren't good. Um... But I just struggle so much because you can't argue momentum on the other side. Like the Cowboys are haven't looked great. I mean, the past eh, just this past week really was pretty embarrassing. Um, losing to Sam Howell like that. Um, and again, you, the, the history, the recent history of the Cowboys is hard to bet on. So, although of course I'm always rooting for the Cowboys because of Dak and it's fun to go against everyone rooting against the Cowboys. Um, I'm going to pick the Bucks here because I assume Shrap's going to go with the Bucks too. Maybe so just go with the Cowboys, but I'd rather just kind of be a wash that it won't hurt me if the Cowboys lose. So yeah, that's just what I'm going to go with here. Bucks plus two and a half under 45 and a half. Um, this one. Well, I'll start off. Uh, we're all we're three for three on the under. Um, for me, this is like I mean, Dallas's offense hasn't looked uh, as good um, recently as it did kind of midway through the season there. Um, and I don't know the Bucks. The Bucks just seem to create unders. Like, I I don't know what it like. They the offense seems to take like three quarters for like even most of the game to even like get something figured out. The defense is still pretty good and keeps them in game. So I, I think that's going to continue. Line is where I'm really struggling here, boys. I want to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, this is a, this is a half. This is a half like covering my tracks bet and also half like, just looking on paper, like I don't see how they don't do this. I'm I'm gonna take the Cowboys to cover the two and a half. Okay. Um This is like a this is this is like a this is more of just a brain bet for me, I think. Like I don't like I 
no, it's Tom Brady, and I understand that like he he figures it out when the playoffs come around, no matter what it seems. But it like this this Brady led team just feels a lot different, and um, like the, the the consistency on offense just isn't there. Not like actually, it is there. It's it, it's consistently bad, is what it is. So it, it's consistent. I'll give him that. But it's just like it. it haven't seemed to be able to figure it out. Dallas, I know, did not look good against Washington, but I like, I have to, I have to assume that Dak Prescott is going to be what he normally is, which is a very good quarterback. Um, and the defense is still. I mean, they, they, once again, Washington's hope, like, not hopefully, Washington seems like it was more of an outlier game than anything. So um, I think the defense will be able to kind of step back into what they've been doing, but. Like I said, I, I, I think more than anything, this is just uh, if Dallas does cover this, I'll at least be able to hang my hat on the fact that they that, that I, I won my bet. But you know, in a perfect world, I would I would certainly accept. Uh, actually, knowing my luck, the the Bucks will lose by one. That's what'll mm-hmm. happen. That's what'll happen. But either way, I'm, I agree on the under. But I'm going to go Cowboys to cover the two and a half as well. When the cow when the Cowboys win. Um... 21 to 20 we're gonna clip this and and put it in there so yeah i uh i would be absolutely shocked if this over hit i really don't yeah i would be too that that was the one thing i was very certain on if we were doing traditional uh sports book donation of the week and i had the first pick i think it'd be my first pick to be honest like that's how much that's how confident i am in, in this in the total um slightly less confident in the spread but i still i still definitely feel pretty strongly about uh, Tampa Bay to cover that. All right, folks, there you have it. Uh, I guess, Ref, if you have it all written down, if you could recap us all and what we have here. And uh, I, I do think, I, I, in, the, in the beginning, I was a little worried that you and I were going to be too similar. Uh, we, no, we're, no, we're, no offense would give me some trepidation. We but ended up all we, over we the have, place. Yeah, we do have some variety, so go ahead. Um, to start with Jack... Jack has the Seahawks uh, plus nine and a half over forty two and a half. He has the Jags plus two and a half over forty seven and a half. Bills minus nine under forty six and a half. Vikings minus three under forty eight and a half. Uh, Bengals minus seven over forty two and a half. And then the Bucks plus two and a half under forty five and a half. Then to myself. I have the Niners covering nine and a half and over forty two and a half. Uh, I have the Jags plus two and a half under forty seven and a half. Bills minus nine under forty six and a half. Giants plus three under forty eight and a half. Ravens plus seven over forty two and a half. And the Cowboys minus two and a half under forty five and a half. Mitchell, last but not least, Niners minus nine and a half under forty two and a half. Jags plus two and a half under forty seven and a half. Bills minus nine over forty six and a half. Vikings minus three over forty eight and a half. Ravens plus seven under forty two and a half. And the Bucks plus two and a half under forty five and a half. Seems like some solid picks. Sounds seems like someone's gonna have some solid picks. I, I it seems that way. I would hope. So all right, folks, there you have it. Those are the six wild card games of the twenty twenty. Uh, three NFL playoffs, and uh, I'm excited. I can't wait. A, f- a weekend full of football. Like I said, M- MLK Day on Monday, so 
You know, we can just we, we we can stay up all night and just just soak in that that full Sunday slate of games. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And like I said in the beginning of the show, hopefully we get none of that national championship malarkey where it's a uh, complete blowouts and we're completely uninterested by the fourth quarter. Really by the second quarter of that game because that was just that was ridiculous. Uh, anything else to add before we sign off here today? No. No, no. good. Go right. football. Yeah. Go football as always. Follow us on Instagram at Hogline Podcast. And uh Yeah. Share with us. What, what do you think? Do you agree with our picks? Are we idiots? Yes. Let us know. We will see. Have a good one, folks. See ya. Thoughts, prayers, Matt Stairs, County Fairs, Grizzly Bears, Kevin Ware, Armpit Hair, Evil Lairs, Nightmares, Prickly Pears, Tender Care, Chocolate Eclairs, Juan Pierre, Solitaire, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Who Cares, and Playoff Affairs. Baby!